What's up, DC? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wizards. You know what we're going to talk about. Before we do that, I'll let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our lockdown rooms. It's Locker Room, and it's changing the way we talk sports. Like I said, you know what we're going to talk about. The Wizards took another big L on Wednesday against the Philadelphia 76ers, falling to 0-2. On the series, um, they had a week to prepare for this game. They had time to make some adjustments, time to get ready for the Philadelphia 76ers. They're the first seed in the Eastern Conference for a reason. They're obviously very good. They have elite defenders in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris is a borderline all-star player. They have some elite shooting in Seth Curry, Danny Green. Like I said, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, at least record-wise, for a reason. No one expected the Washington Wizards to beat the Philadelphia 76ers, but they competed in Game 1. They, that, that was a winnable game for Washington. So, you'd think with a week to prepare, with some time to make adjustments with Scott Brooks and the coaching staff, be able to look over what went wrong in Game 1, the Wizards would do some things differently. Make sure that the team is better prepared to defend some of the biggest players in the league. I mean, the Sixers trot out some of the biggest lineups in the NBA. They had 6'10 starting point guard, 7-foot center, 6'10 power forward. And this team is really big. I understand that the NBA is changing, that small ball is still a thing. But the Sixers play with a fast pace, but they also play really big. And that's what happens when you have a talent like Ben Simmons on your team. With that said, the Wizards were absolutely taken advantage of size-wise in game one. I mean, there were multiple possessions where Howell Neto, Is Smith, Bradley Beal, players 6'3 and under regarding Tobias Harris, who's 6'10", who can score the ball inside and out. One of the most versatile forwards in the NBA. That had to change. If the Washington Wizards were going to win, they had to make sure they matched up size-wise. I understand Scott Brooks wants to make up with size, with skill. He mentioned heart. That's all fine and dandy, but height matters in the NBA, especially against the Philadelphia 76ers. You'd think the Wizards were going to make adjustments. They did not. They started three guards again, Westbrook, Neto, Beal. All three had rough nights. Neto played 19 minutes, was a minus 17 on the night, basically was invisible the entire game. Russell Westbrook, 2 for 10 shooting before he went out with injury. We'll talk about that soon. Nobody else really stepped up. Rui played well 4 for 6, but wasn't really involved in the offense. 11.7 rebounds, like I said, 4 for 6 shooting. Wasn't really involved in the offense besides that. Daniel Gafford, again, makes an impact with 11 points off the bench. Just 20 minutes of playing time. We'll discuss that a little bit later as well. But if you're the Wizards coaching staff and you had all this time to repair, how the hell do you play the same lineup again, expecting a different result? I mean, it's truly, quite literally, to the definition, insanity. Makes no sense that Scott Brooks expected a different result. These players, like Joel Embiid, I mean, they require double teams. And, and at times, you've got to make sure that you have have the players that are capable of defending Tobias Harris inside. I thought Anthony Gill was going to get some playing time. He did not get any consequential playing time in Game 1. Chandler Hutchinson was, a, was an addition. He didn't play much Game 1. He had 16 minutes, didn't do much either. Four points, one for four shooting in 16 minutes. Chandler, obviously a long player, versatile player, but not one that can match up with Tobias Harris and some of the bigger players that the Philadelphia 76ers are trotting out. They're asking a lot of Bradley Beal. They're asking him to guard at times Tobias Harris, guard at times Ben Simmons. These players are too big, too big for the Washington Wizards. 
I know that the Washington Wizards don't have those sorts of players on their roster. Not many teams do that can match up with the Sixers. That's why they're that. That's why they're as good as they are. But you gotta at least give yourself a shot when you're playing your big players like like Daniel Gafford for you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time. Even though they really competed, and Davis Bertans 0 for 4, 24 minutes, zero points, zero assists, two rebounds, 0 for 4 shooting. Basically did a whole lot of nothing. He fouled out in 24 minutes. Makes zero sense. The coaching staff made no adjustments. They doubled down and they got blown out. This was eye-opening, I think, if you're a Wizards fan, if you're the GM, if you're the owner. If you have any stake in the franchise, this is eye-opening. The Wizards coaching staff dropped the ball big time here. They get blown out the way they did. Showed no competitiveness whatsoever. The matchups were horrendous. It looked like there was no adjustment game plan-wise. The Sixers did basically anything they wanted to do to the Wizards. They rolled over. They got blown out by 25 points. Now they go back Saturday to home, and they have to make adjustments. That's the thing, though. With this coaching staff, they haven't really been committed to making any sort of change, even though they've gotten blown out in these games like this. Uh, Confidence in Scott Brooks has to be pretty low here because the adjustments were obvious, I thought. Anthony Gill needed playing time. Daniel Gafford's playing time needed to be increased. The three-guard lineups, which haven't really worked all, all season long, cannot work against a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. You'd think Scott Brooks would have learned that against Jason Tatum. you think they would have learned that against Game 1. Against the Sixers, Game 2, they showed that they did not learn their lesson. And here we are again talking about a blowout loss in the playoffs this time. This is going to have consequences because the Wizards need to win Game 3. And for them to win game three and have a chance to win game three, they got to play with size and they got to match up better than they have over these last few games. And right now, I'm not convinced that the Wizards coaching staff is one. I don't know if it's just pure stubbornness, if it's just unwillingness to recognize adjustments, if it's just pure bad coaching, whatever it is. The Wizards need to do better. Two for 22 shooting from three in game two. Garrison Matthews played no consequential minutes whatsoever. Um, that's the thing. You kind of change on the fly. I understand Scott Brooks wants to stick with what's working. Alex Len has been starting for, for reasons unknown. How Neto, these three-guard lineups, I just don't understand. It makes zero sense, truthfully. As someone who's covered basketball for as long as I have, for I'm sure you listening from watching hoops as long as you have, uh, some of the stuff that the Wizards have done this year quite literally makes no sense. I mean, to go two for 22 shooting from three and not give one of your best three-point shooters in Garrison Matthews minutes is beyond me. To recognize that Davis Bertans, who does absolutely nothing else but shoot threes, and he's not shooting threes well, to not pull him out of the game, uh, to play him 24 minutes as much as he as much as he played in game two makes no sense. Uh, I don't, I can't make sense of it. Um, I'm sure neither can you. But that's the big L for the Wizards, and it's gonna, it's the one that has consequences because now the Wizards are at a deep hole against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and the team that's playing with confidence. So to bounce back from that, the Wizards are going to need. A whole lot of adjustments, and they're going to need some luck on their side. And speaking of luck, they really did not have that when Russell Westbrook went down late in the game. And now he's seemingly questionable. That's not his official status, but, I mean, he went out in Game 2. He tweaked his ankle twice. That's got to cause concern for the Wizards who need Russell Westbrook in order to give themselves a chance to win even a game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Before we get into Russell Westbrook, I want to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. It's the most delicious protein bar on the planet. I'm not kidding you. Give it a shot. 
It's also delicious, but it's also nutritious. You get your protein. It's high fiber. It's low calorie. Coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, really anything you can imagine. There's something for everyone. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Like I mentioned, Russell Westbrook had a rough game on Wednesday, 2 for 10 shooting, 10 points, 11 assists before he went out, tweaked his ankle again. But the bigger headline here and what got national attention was the fact that some some Philadelphia fan dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook while he was walking to the locker room. I mean, I saw this and I saw red, honestly. My blood was boiling. I mean, how could how could it not? I can only imagine how Russell Westbrook felt. And that fan, he, uh, he was evidently banned for life from the Wells Fargo Arena. Um, what that means, I don't know how they enforce that. Maybe there's some legal sort of thing that, that Russell Westbrook can, can uh, seek if he chooses to. I'm not sure what the remedy is here. But to, to just boil it down to its core, it's one of the most disrespectful things I've seen an NBA fan do. Obviously, we've seen worse with the mouse at the palace and whatnot. But, like, man, if you're a fan, you just got allowed to go watch professional NBA basketball live again. After we lived for a year and a half, those of us lucky enough to survive the pandemic, now we're back, starting to restart life. You get to watch NBA basketball, some of the world's greatest athletes play basketball at the highest level in the NBA playoffs and you choose to do that dump popcorn on Russell Westbrook an NBA great that guy (laughs) I mean there's some things I want to say that I'll refrain from saying because I'm doing the podcast and you're listening you know what I'm thinking though that guy hey if Russell Westbrook was not guarded by those security guards man God help that man who who dumped that popcorn because it would not have been pretty for him so shame on that person Kudos to the Philadelphia 76ers for banning that man for life, making sure he'll never step foot into an NBA arena. The Wells Fargo Center, again, that was pathetic. It was an abomination. That man, look, I mean, it was truly one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen on an NBA floor. Shame on that person. And it's a shame that it really took over the NBA headlines because these are some important games. We haven't seen NBA basketball in quite some time at this level. Things are starting to restart. The Knicks, I mean, you saw the Madison Square Garden Arena. It was electric. And even that, that was stained because some idiot decided to spit on Trey Young. One of the most disrespectful acts that you can do to another person. Shameful. Got to be better as fans. Got to be better as people observing the game. These, these men and women who perform for our entertainment, they deserve the utmost respect. Because they put their bodies on the line. To, to entertain people like me and you. They deserve the utmost respect. And it's a shame that one out of the 10,000 people can ruin it for everyone. Put a stain on the game. Put a stain on the entertainment value. Take away from the beauty of basketball that fans have been missing for a year and a half that we're so lucky to be able to watch again. Shame on those people. But we got a lot more to talk about. Before we do that, I want to let you know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info, all your sporting needs, NBA, baseball, whatever it is. Go to BetOnline. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN. It's BetOnline. They're online sportsbook experts. Anthony knows I love my car name, Harold. Whenever something bad goes wrong with my Honda Harold, I go to rockauto.com. You can save money. Don't break the bank for some, you know, car parts. Why would you do that? 
100% more for the same exact parts at a chain store. Don't do that. Why would you pay that much? You can get the same parts by the same professionals and do it yourself. First, go to rockauto.com. Tell them we sent you on, in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Lockdown Wizards Faithful. Let's dig into it. It's game three. We're on the eve of game three. It's Friday. The Washington Wizards are staring at the Philadelphia 76ers. A team that's red hot with all the momentum and talent in the world. All the odds are in their favor. They got the stars. They got the MVP caliber center in Joel Embiid. And they got the 2-0 lead. So if you're the Washington Wizards, what do you got to do to give yourself a shot to win? Looking at Scott Brooks right now and telling him that, hey, if you don't win this game, it could be one of the last you're coaching in D.C. And that's not just to say because the Wizards are losing. It's just because the Wizards haven't been making any adjustments to give themselves a shot to win. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse and mentioning the same things every podcast, but it just goes to show that the Wizards have really gotten in their own way. they got to win these games, and the only way they can win these games, you go down 3-0 in the NBA, the series is over. Only shot they got is if they play a player like Anthony Gill. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Anthony Gill's Kevin Garnett or Anthony Davis. He's going to come in there and change the game immediately. That's not going to happen, obviously. But Anthony Gill has size. He can defend. He can rebound. The Wizards need those big bodies on the floor, if nothing else, but to throw Tobias Harris around to make life a little bit hard for him on the court. So he's not just scoring buckets over six foot three players, for the lack of a better word. I mean, Tobias Harris is literally just shooting over dudes right now because he's being defended by players my height. That is ridiculous. It's the NBA. Simple adjustments matter. And the Washington Wizards, all year long, the coaching staff has struggled to make those simple adjustments. Relying on a player like Ish Smith, with all due respect, 14 shots off the bench, it's got to be better shot distribution. Rui Hachimura, six shots in game two. Went four for six. Ball's got to move. I understand Bradley Beal. He's got a lot on his plate. He's trying to score basically every every time down the, every every time up the court. But things got to change. Ball's got to move. Rui's got to get involved. Westbrook's got to bounce back if he plays game three, and that's a big what if because he tweaked his ankle twice. Bertans, boy, oh boy, that was Bertans. Oh for four shooting, from three, did nothing. Fouled out. That's that's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sound disrespectful. That's one of the worst performances I've ever seen. To do absolutely nothing. The Wizards get though what you pay for because they knew he was a sharpshooter and that's it. And if the shot isn't falling, he's not going to get give you much. And again, that falls on Scott Brooks. If Bertans is having a rough night, he's not contributing. He's fouling. He's not doing much. You got to swap him. Got to swap him for Anthony Gill. Got to make some changes. Swap him from Garrison Matthews. You got to have some size. Really, I sound like a broken record because these issues have been the issues that the Washington Wizards have faced all year long. But they're staring at 10,000 fans on Saturday. 10,000 screaming fans who are just happy to be there. Watch Wizards Hoops again. I'm glad to be there with you guys to enjoy Pro Hoops in D.C. Whatever you want to make of it. I understand the result in Game 2 was disappointing. It's still playoff hoops. Anything can happen. The Wizards have some talent here. Russ and Beal can never count them out. Who knows? Maybe, just maybe, Scott Brooks and co. Finally make some adjustments. Finally give the Wizards a chance to win. But we'll learn that tomorrow. And if we don't learn that, it's because the team lost. And if they lose, it's going to be some big consequences coming for that. So, hey, don't forget to check out Lockdown today. It's 20 minutes. 
Host Peter Bukowski updates you on basically everything you need to know in major sports with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast and the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. Lockdown Wizards faithful. Take care of yourself. And it's still playoff hoops. Don't be too down, all right? We'll be back again Tuesday.